Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. First down, inches inside the 38. This one is batted into the air and into the arms of Humphrey. And it was Stevens who went up to knock it assist on the interception second of the night for the Ravens now back to overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95-7 the game that was one of four interceptions thrown by Brock Purdy tonight Sam Darnold would throw one other so five total interceptions thrown by Niners quarterbacks tonight that was the second one of the night, batted up at the line of scrimmage, picked off by uh, the, the the Ravens, turned into some points as well. They scored 10 points off of 49ers turnovers early in this game, and they rode it to a 33-19 win over the San Francisco 49ers. Welcome back to overtime here on 95-7 The Game. Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett with you. And now let's go out to a special guest with Ooh. us here. Uh, he was down in Santa Clara. You heard him earlier today of course uh, on the kickoff show with Larry Kruger from the Hilton Santa Clara right outside uh, Levi Stadium down there in Santa Clara and now he's nice enough to join us here on Christmas night on overtime it's Lorenzo Neal one of the all-time great fullbacks in the NFL Lowe joins us here on overtime Lowe happy holidays Merry Christmas thanks for coming on how you doing tonight Great, guys. Thanks, Mark and Sterling. Let me jump in on the show and crash the show. Christmas night, man. Appreciate you guys, man. Dude, I'm doing like you guys, wondering what the and And, and where to pass the blame. And uh, it was interesting just watching the stadium, how electric it was, and the fans, they couldn't wait for it to erupt. And you saw them on the edge of their seats pretty much all night. But, guys, I, it's several things. I was talking earlier, you know, on the show, on the pregame show, and I was telling Krugs, I said, he's like, oh, this game's going to be one-sided. I said, because they lost the running back. And I said, but Lamar Jackson, he is the remedy. The reason why these backs are having success is because of Lamar Jackson. And I said, this MVP talk, if you think about MVP, tonight they said 
there was three guys in for, up for the MVP. Lamar Jackson, Purdy, and, of course, McCaffrey. And all you hear is all Purdy has to do is play well tonight. He wins the MVP. The pressure and all those things, I think it just mounted. Mm-hmm. I, think this is, I think the Niners are a better team. I think that you have a guy that I've been coached by, Hardball. I'm telling you, Hardball is the man that told those guys, look, we got the MVP on our team. They don't know what's going to hit them. We're going to come in here. We've got to have skin like an armadillo. Guys, if we play our game, they're not, we're not going to back down. The Baltimore Ravens are bullies. They're tough. They're physical. They play like the Niners. You saw Purdy at times hold onto the ball, and that's all they would Baltimore said, let's make him hold onto the ball. Let's make him go to a second and third read. Like you guys are saying, let's drop some linebackers in the coverage, and now the pressure will be. They were getting home with four. But when the, when the Niners are rolling, it's off play action, and the run game is going well. And when you don't do that with the Niners, they're not good enough up front on offense. Guys take turns getting beat on the offensive line. This is not a great offensive line. Of course, Trent is elite, and he's probably the best tackle in the league. But if you watch the game, go watch how they said, okay, look, let's plaster these guys, let's hold them, and then let Purdy then beat you. And he can't do that. If Purdy has to go seven-step drop, that's not his fault because now you know the offensive line can hold up. The Niners are at its best when play action and moving the ball around, and now teams by design, they can't just pin the ears back, and that's what makes this offense go, in my opinion. Low, uh, you're saying all these things about Brock Purdy and, and what he can't do. Uh, our YouTube chat tonight has been very vocal about you know Jimmy G and how this feels similar to the 2019 team where everything's going great, and all of a sudden late in the year the wheels kind of start to fall off. You're still winning games, but maybe not as dominant as you once were, and the quarterback becomes a much larger conversation. After a game like this for Brock Purdy, one, how do you think he bounces back against Washington? But two, do you think we've seen more of that game manager style, which I don't think is always the worst label to put next to a quarterback, but what do you say to fans who point to Jimmy G as, this is the exact same story all over again? No, but see, Jimmy couldn't make the throws. If Jimmy could make the throws, he would still be here. Trey Lance couldn't make the throws. Yes, this is a system quarterback. Yes, this is a a good system. But Purdy executes the system better than those two quarterbacks. Let's not be mistaken. You have to realize, when you think about the Miami Dolphins, who's going to be MVP now? Look at Tua. Look at Tua. Look at Green Bay. Look at the Rams. Look around the league. Look at the teams that comes from Cal Shanahan's disciples are in that type of offense. You look at the Houston Texans, they're still in it, ran the same type of offense. Go look at the teams that are high-efficient offense. They run this offense. So, yes, the system, it is a system, but you have to execute it because every team has a system, but this system happened to be more quarterback-friendly. So when they say Brock is a system quarterback, Every quarterback in the league is a system quarterback. Lamar Jackson is a system quarterback, but guys can't run that system like Lamar Jackson. So you look at Brock Purdy, he's running this system excellent. But today was a night where all the lights were here, and it was bright, and Purdy Purdy blinked. Why can't we just chalk this up as, here's a guy, why when Sam Darnold came in, one, two, three, he let it go. He was throwing it to the spot, letting it go, but then when he had to go seven-step drop and had to hold onto the ball a little longer, the pressure came. Brock held onto the ball too early in the game, didn't have enough play action, different design to get him, you know, the run guys open. So, yes, I just think that this was a game that the 
Purdy put too much pressure on himself. It was not necessarily what Baltimore did. That one throw, the first interception to Debo, he throws that back shoulder. That's an easy touchdown. Now you're now now he's had success, and then he start pressing. Yes, a couple of those balls were batted down. The one that he threw to Kittle, he was trying to force things. So he, what did Brock usually do? He usually don't turn a bad play into a worse play. What does he usually do in those situations? He'll throw it away, throw it out of bounds, or take the sack. Tonight, he was trying to force things because everyone and their mother, all the medias, all the talking heads were talking about whoever plays better tonight is the MVP. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure on a young quarterback. Lorenzo Neal with us here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game. You hear Lorenzo, of course, uh, pregame every Niners game on the kickoff show here on 95.7 The Game. Low, um, obviously a little surprised at Brock Purdy's four interceptions game, but maybe more surprised by the fact that it just felt like the Ravens' defense knew what Kyle Shanahan and the Niners' offense was trying to do before they did it time and time again tonight. Uh, I mean, you got to credit... John Harbaugh and that entire Ravens defensive staff, and of course their player is very talented, but every time the Niners tried one of their patented little screens out in the flat to Debo or to McCaffrey, or just quick hitters to get five, six, seven yards to stay in front of the, the sticks, the Ravens knew it was coming. How impressed were you with the Ravens' defense? Obviously not missing tackles and keeping the stars in front of them, but it just felt like they suffocated the 49ers' creativity on offense, which normally they're able to, to, to beat opponents with. Yeah, they really did. They just were playing. They said, look, we know we can get home with four. When you look at the Ravens' front four, they said, we're going to make Purdy hold onto the ball. We're going to sit and play coverage, and we're going to come after him. And we're going to think that we know that we're going to win some one-on matchups. And that's what they were able to do. I think Harbaugh had those guys ready to play. But this was the Ravens, them against the world. Everyone said, hey, the Niners are winning this. Everyone talked about, hey, this is the Niners to lose. This is the, They're the best team in the NFL, which I still believe they are. But you have to realize, to, to a man, the Ravens felt like they're the underdogs. They said, hey, look, no one's given us a chance. They, got, they came in wanting this game more, and you saw it. They actually played better than the Niners, and, and that shouldn't have happened. What did Shanahan tell guys this whole week? He said, we need to be ready to play right after the national anthem. He told that. You heard Kittle say it in the press conference before the game, you know, all week long. He said, Shanahan's preaching. We got to be ready to play right when the anthem because you were playing a bully tonight. Baltimore Ravens, I've been with John Harbaugh. I know the kind of coach, and I know the message that he sends to those guys. This is a team that has some resiliency. This is a team that believes that they're tough, and they have a Superman with a cape. And you know Lamar Jackson, he's not a great thrower, but what he can do by buying time, look at the plays. Defense didn't play bad tonight, guys. It was Lamar Jackson breaking the play, still having the, the forward ball to stay behind the line of scrimmage, and a receiver breaking loose on a broken play for big plays. It wasn't consistent offense. It was Lamar Jackson's ability to extend plays and have big plays down the field or kept throwing it to a back and him able to make a guy miss and take it to, you know, a big play. So they just wanted it more than the Niners. And I'm telling you, to me, Purdy, the stage got big. For This was the first time I saw this guy blink because he was trying. I think that all the, all the talk and all everything that surround him, I thought that played a lot of, I thought that played a big factor in this loss tonight. If the stage was too big for Purdy, or let's say he blinked for the first time in his young career, what is to make people not think he won't blink come playoff time, or maybe even blink in the Super Bowl low? 
I, I think this is the best thing that could have happened to Niners. You know why? Because now this MVP is out. Now everything's talking about MVP. It wasn't everyone's no more was talking about necessarily a Super Bowl. I know you guys are. And we're talking about, okay, we know the end game, but it was about MVP. Here's an unpretty much Mr. Irrelevant MVP. Who's going to do it? Look at his efficiency. Everything, and it's hard. I know this guy says the right thing. Purdy's a leader. He says the right thing. He won't make any excuses. That's just who he is. But I'm telling you guys, I think that this was the best thing for them because, hey, look, they got a tough schedule, not the commanders, but I'm going to tell you, when you look at the Rams, the Rams are playing just like the 49ers. They're running the ball. They're physical. They got two good receivers. They got a good running game. They're playing, their quarterback's playing at a high level. The Rams may be the hottest team in the NFC right now. Uh, Lorenzo Neal with us here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game Low. A couple more, and then we'll, we'll get you out of here on Christmas night. Thanks so much for coming on. You look at the, the Niners' schedule now and who their losses are to. You have a loss in Cleveland. You have a loss, of course, to Minnesota. Also Cincinnati and now Baltimore. So three of your four losses are against teams in the, uh, in the AFC North. Um, not necessarily an AFC North issue, but what do teams in the AFC North do? Generally, they're really good defensively, and they wear you down at the line of scrimmage, and they're physical, and, 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 and they beat you up. Do the 49ers have a little bit of a problem against those kinds of teams? I know they want to be one those kinds of teams, and they have been that kind of team in the past. The fact that three of their four losses are against that style of team, Lo, is there any bit of concern that the Niners might not be able to handle that kind of physicality? Well, I think the biggest concern to me is to being able to block when you have to. I think the biggest concern for the Niners in this organization, I think they understand that if they're behind, by 14 or 20 or whatever it may be, and you have to go seven-step drop, and you can't necessarily go play action, can the offensive line hold up consistency with consistency? And that's the biggest question mark to me. And I think that's why they have to play for in front. That's why they have to keep games tight. Because if you, can, if you let the Niners stay multidimensional, they're the best team in football. The biggest question to me, and like I said, is the offensive line, being able to be consistent when you have to drop seven-step drop. Can they do that with consistency? And I have not seen that when they're behind against an opponent. That's the biggest question mark I think this offense has to address and has to be more consistent because of the fact that could happen again. Well, you mentioned the Rams kind of playing at a equal pace to San Francisco at this very moment, and the Rams played the Ravens just a few weeks ago. And... L.A. ran the football 25 times for 114 yards with Kyron Williams. Now, young running back having a really good season. Uh, I would like to think he is not at least yet on the level of Christian McCaffrey. And you look at what San Francisco did tonight now, playing from behind. You have to pass the ball more. But early in this game, it felt like Christian McCaffrey really wasn't part of the game plan. Only touched the ball a total of 20 times tonight. 14 of those being on the ground. Uh, in a copycat league, seeing an offense like or a Shanahan offense like McVay's in L.A., why wouldn't Shanahan try to do what seemed to work against the Ravens like the Rams did? Yeah, and, and you saw that. The, the Rams had a chance to beat the Ravens, and they had they went to Baltimore, where Baltimore's pretty much unbeatable. The Rams took them toe-to-toe. Um, I think that Shanahan does a lot trying to protect McCaffrey. I think when you look at Cal Shanahan, the way that he understands, he wants this guy ready to go in the playoffs. I think guys when the playoffs and now from here on out, 
I think he's going to. I think that you'll see this guy ride McCaffrey a lot more, get him involved more, give him the ball more, because right now he's like, look, can I? Can we afford to have something happen to McCaffrey right now in some of these games? I think that now that you're playing for home field advantage, and now you're getting ready to go into playoffs. I think that now you're going to see them use McCaffrey running the ball even more, and you'll see them get him involved in this offense more because you're absolutely right. You should have McCaffrey heavily involved in your offense, but I think the way this offense is structured and the, how, how they can move the ball around and how they have so many more, all these different weapons, that's why I believe that Shanahan has the luxury not to use McCaffrey in Dyer's need all the time, especially because it's a long season. All right. Good stuff, Lo. Appreciate you taking some time out of your Christmas night and joining us here on Overtime. Thanks so much, and we look forward to uh, hearing your takes again on the kickoff show coming up next weekend. No worries, guys. Cheers. You guys do a great job. Love listening to you. All right. Thanks, Thanks Lo. Lo. Happy holidays. Uh, appreciate Lo Neal, as always. Of course, one of the best fullbacks in NFL history. She'll be a Hall of Famer for my money, but Lo Neal, the great Lo Neal, joining us here on the kickoff or on overtime. You can hear him on the kickoff show on 95.7 The Game. As we continue, it's Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett with you. And Sterling, maybe the most interesting thing that Lo said is, he felt like this was the best thing that could have happened to the 49ers and Brock Purdy. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Fred Warner, Week 10, saying we learned our lesson. Maybe they learned their lesson once again. But more specifically, as it relates to Brock Purdy, Low Neal saying it's for the first time we've seen him blink and the pressure of the MVP race in addition to the number one overall seed. So much riding on this game, maybe a little bit more individually than team-wide for Brock Purdy. Yeah. And now a loss, a bad performance. By my estimation, out of the MVP running entirely, maybe it allows Brock Purdy to just kind of take a deep breath, calm down, reset, and say, hey, MVP would have been nice. That's an individual award. Everything we as a team set out to accomplish is still ahead of us, and maybe it allows you to kind of narrow your vision and your focus just a little bit, and maybe this is something that the Niners look back on and say, well, we needed that lesson to happen if we were going to take another step forward. Do you really think that the MVP conversation got to Brock Purdy? It might have. I mean, this dude's a second-year <sighs> pro, second-year just... pro who's on the doorstep Entering week 16 of the NFL season as the odds-on favorite to win the MVP. And now you have the Baltimore Ravens, one of the best defenses in the NFL. 11-3 yep. versus 11-3. Christmas night game. Everyone and their moms is watching this game, even if they don't <laughs> want to, across homes in the United States. This is a really big deal. Now, Brock Purdy hasn't ever blinked or flinched before. Right. But it. I don't think it would be totally wild to think that this was maybe the breaking point not not in a way that that ruins him as a quarterback moving right. forward yeah. but maybe just hurts you for this one night but why not blink against the eagles at the link yeah, like, 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 like of all the games that one yeah, makes like you're going back to the scene of the crime when you're tearing your ucl but you were an mvp was, favorite i mean right but i don't know and, and maybe that goes back into being an underdog like Really great teams embrace the identity of their quarterback. Uh, Brock Purdy being the ultimate underdog. If anyone's not supposed to be here, not supposed to be in the MVP conversation, not supposed to be in the number one seat of the NFC conversation, it certainly is Brock Purdy. And I think this team does need to embrace that underdog mentality, but 
I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time believing the noise got to Brock Purdy. I don't think... So what's your explanation? Just a bad game? Honestly, I think... Ravens? So when you're prepared for something, you're pretty confident going into it, right? And, and, and sometimes, which maybe was tonight, you get prepared and all of a sudden you're like, this is not going how it was supposed to go. Your system gets shocked and you're like, I don't know how to function. I don't think that was this. I think the game plan that Kyle Shanahan put together, the Ravens had an answer for it every single time. They knew what was coming. <laughs> and I do think that, now, decision-making is not always, like, Brock Purdy's decision-making is usually his fault. Usually it's what we praise him for, right? I do think in this game, Shanahan deserves a lot of the blame. Because the offense, you could give McVay these weapons, they put up 31 points. His offense put up 31 points. Like, Shanahan's can have a clunker that that's okay right like everybody has a bad game you go back and watch 2021 Shanahan even said we were trying the new quarterback thing it didn't work I was out of rhythm we got into it late obviously we know how it ends right it just felt like in this game there wasn't a rhythm and I do think the game plan Shanahan had just wasn't good enough well at 2019 end of the season they lost at home to the Falcons oh yeah Kittle fumbles, Breida gets benched. Never saw a, him again. That was a bad Falcons team. <laughs> Never saw him again. That was again. the team that went to the Super Bowl. That was a yep. team that didn't need to throw the ball to, to advance to the Super Bowl. Oh, and man. they lost at home when they were still fighting for the number one seed. I think they had, similar to this game, they had like a, a game advantage and they had a little bit of room. Over the Saints? At the top. Hmm? It was over the Saints? The win over the Saints. But no, like, help them out. Didn't they have a one-game advantage over the Saints for the number oh, one seed? Yeah. But they were also fighting for the division yeah, because the, the Seahawks were right there. So that loss hurt. Yeah. They desperately wanted that one. But a late-season loss in the in the Shanahan era has happened before. When you're rolling, you're absolutely on fire. You're on top of the world. You're the best team in the NFL. This sort of thing has happened before. But this was way more ugly than some of the other late-season issues. Yeah, I mean, would you rather lose to a really good team on Christmas Day or lose to a bad Falcons team? I guess is the question I'm going to ask. Really good team? You're at, like, this loss in retrospect, I think in a month when we're in the playoffs, we'll say, we lost to a good team. It sucks. It stinks. The quarterback didn't play well. The game plan wasn't great. The defense didn't tackle anybody, and we just didn't get it done. And I think it's now it's easier to say that when you're winning games afterwards but I think San Francisco has two games in front of them they can win. And I think they if they don't beat the Commanders by 20 points, you're going to hear me yelling on these airwaves. That Commanders team is... You don't believe in Sam Howell? He got benched twice in the past two weeks. It's Jacoby Brissett now. Curtis Samuel? <laughs> Terry McLaurin? And both those guys cost me a fantasy game this week, so I'm out on them completely. Mm. I'm done. Scary Terry? Not scared of you no more, buddy. Wow. But I think these next two games, Washington against the uh, what's also Chase Young revenge game mind you but also Rams I mean I know you can say you're scared of the Rams we at least have their number come the regular season <laughs> and I do think that that is a game San Francisco was definitely going to get up for like you asked me earlier like do you think San Francisco kind of had a Christmas day lull right it just wasn't in, it wasn't in the cards right too much ham and potatoes last no, night I had ham and potatoes during halftime and it was delicious thanks mom um but <laughs> but, but 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 I think for that game week 18 you can guarantee they are going to get Debo Samuel hates the Rams 
Ayuk didn't even play against the Rams in week, what, three this year? Week two, right? Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Week two, whatever it was. Week two. This team wants to crush the Rams. And I think once you beat the next two teams, you go into the playoffs, you have a bye, we're sitting there, whether we're playing, I don't know, the Seahawks, maybe it's the Rams again, who knows, come round two of the playoffs, we are not going to ever think of this game again. That's the goal. And that, that's the hope, right? But I do think you're not going to play a quarterback in the league right now that is like Lamar Jackson. You never have to play him again, maybe. Did this game tonight, did it kind of revitalize your fear of playing mobile quarterbacks? Because the 49ers had had kind of, I don't know, fought back against that idea, that fear a little bit this year. I mean, Jalen Hurts isn't, he's a good runner, but he's really pulled back on actually running. He does the tush-push and he gets rushing touchdowns that way like every single game, sometimes multiple times a game but he doesn't really take off and run like he did the first couple of year, uh, years of his career or like he did at Oklahoma or at Alabama. He's not that much of a mobile quarterback. The Niners haven't, I mean, Kyler Murray last week only hurt the Niners with what, like that one yard run, didn't really do anything else on the ground. Lamar Jackson is a different beast and has always been a different beast as a runner, as a quarterback. Um, and the Niners were hurt by him they weren't gashed by him he didn't like have 100 yards on the ground but in in the big moments when you needed a third down stop when you you had a second and 10 chance to get a sack and really put the Ravens behind the line of scrimmage he just kind of calmly evaded the pressure extended the play maybe picked up seven yards with his legs or through to Zay Flowers or Isaiah Likely his tight end who's replacing Mark Andrews and got a first down like this game kind of Kind of maybe scares you for 49er fans when you're when you're trying to, I don't know, gauge the team's ability to, to slow down mobile quarterbacks. Because Lamar used his legs to really good effect tonight. I do think that, at least against Lamar, there is more of the conversation of, well, who doesn't he play He's well against? He's just special. Like, He's just like different. You're going to have a hard time guarding him or stopping him. No matter like, who, who are the who other are. mobile quarterbacks you could match up with in the postseason? Like... <sighs> Jalen is the most Jaylen's mobile. the only one, I think. Right? Like, Geno isn't mobile, really. Uh, Dak, not really. Jared played Goff, Baker, not. He's not one. Like Matthew or, Stafford, if that happens to happen, like, no. Like, it's really just Jalen and then Lamar. Like, even in the AFC, you have Mahomes, who is pretty mobile, which we've seen him plenty of times against San Francisco. Josh Allen, but you can only play one of those AFC teams right. anyway. So, like, so. you know, honestly, this year, I think I'd rather play Kansas City. But, <laughs> but Maybe. But I do think, like... You are not going to have to play Lamar again. Hopefully, right? Like, you can avoid what might be your biggest weakness a mobile and elusive quarterback. Like, I don't think Geno, for how mobile he might be, he ain't elusive. Stafford isn't elusive. Kyler is elusive a little bit, but off the ACL, isn't as elusive as he once was just a, a year ago, right? Like, Lamar is the unicorn of quarterbacks with his legs. And if you're San Francisco, you're hoping. Might be even praying. You got the candles lit and you're in a big circle saying, Lord, whoever you pray to, please don't let us play Lamar ever again because what happened tonight for only 45 rushing yards, Lamar put up 33 points against our defense. And if you don't have to play it again, maybe all your problems go away. Maybe. We'll see. Lamar Jackson, now the front runner to win MVP. You would imagine if, if the Ravens win their final two games, he will 
be the MVP this season in the NFL. All right, time for a break. We got one final segment left of overtime here on 95.7 The Game. If you want to call, get in now, 888-957-9570. It is late Christmas night, a little bit short-staffed, so apologize if you've been trying to call and we haven't gotten to your call. You can also shoot us a text. 888-957-9570. That's also the Comcast Business text line. And as always, we're keeping an eye on the YouTube chat. For now, though, we'll take a break. One final segment of overtime next. It's Grandy and Sterling with you right here on 95.7 The Game. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe home Now back. To overtime with Sterling Bennett and Mark Grandy on 95.7 The Game. Happy holidays. Thanks for tuning in all night here on Overtime on 95.7 The Game. Mark Grandy and Sterling Bennett trying to uh, get some holiday spirit going after the 49ers suffer the tough loss on Christmas night to the Baltimore Ravens, 33-19. Appreciate you guys spending part of your holiday with us. Hope you had a nice extended weekend. Uh, maybe not even returning to work yet tomorrow as well. Hopefully get to spend, spend some time with your family uh, to help you uh, get over this 49ers loss today, 33-19 to against the Baltimore Ravens. As overtime continues... The YouTube chat is saying some inappropriate things. <laughs> oh, I gotta get over to the YouTube chat. <laughs> I Oh! It's not too inappropriate but things I won't read on the air. Shout out to Raul. Yeah. <laughs> is, 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 Getting into it on the YouTube funny. It's chat. very funny. But. If you want to check it out, because you're right, I'm not reading that. If you want to check it out, you can visit youtube.com slash 957 the game. We got 22 minutes left here of overtime on this uh, Monday special Christmas edition of overtime. But Are you, are you a big Monday Christmas guy? No. Why not? Christmas is best on like a Wednesday or a Thursday where you Whoa. get the rest of the week off. Well, you, you kind of have a three-day weekend, right? You get, you get Saturday, you get Sunday, you get yeah, Monday. I don't like – I like to not back. have to do anything the day after Christmas too. We you know? have tomorrow off, right? I have to take it off. <laughs> you don't get it off. I mean, same. It's nice to have the weekend after uh, a national – gotcha. uh, You gotcha. know, a holiday. So, like, you're not treating this like a President's Day, where you're like, okay, you get you get Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, and you're back to school on Tuesday, or back to work on Tuesday. Here you want, like, a kind of like a Thanksgiving. You want Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. So, okay, I got you. Yep. Okay, okay. Okay. No, I, I am taking tomorrow off. I'm not working tomorrow. Any, but any, I'm also working today on Christmas, you know? So... <laughs> You got any big plans tomorrow? Oh, absolutely nothing. You gonna get drunk? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> See, I'm heading back up to my family. Those you of you up north in Sonoma County, I'm driving back up right when the show gets gets over here in about 20 minutes. Uh, all my family's at home at my parents' place. We'll get up in the morning. We'll are pro- they listening right now? Are they, are, are they watching on the YouTube? It might be on YouTube. They're oh. probably sitting at the kitchen table I, playing like board games. I button up. Pr- it's probably on in the background. Do they want some bread to go home with you, Mark? They've probably <laughs> muted us by now. It's probably still up because they're a very good supportive family. That's good. They're probably playing. We got we got like a bunch of board games at Christmas, oh. you know, so they're probably playing. The Uno guy? I I, I love me some I, mean, I like Uno. I guarantee you they're not playing Uno. What are they playing then? Some backgammon? We got this really fun game. Um called Hughes and Clues what is where that? there's like a big a big board okay. and it's just like a color grid. Um, and you have like a clue giver and then everyone else trying to get 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The clue giver is giving out, they have a, a, a color in front of them, and they're okay. giving out like an object or a clue to try to get the other people to guess what color that they're trying. Okay. So you have a gigantic grid of colors. You have one person giving out, like, if you have a, a the color yellow, it looks like a banana. You can say banana, and gotcha. everyone then tries to guess so, so, what color they're going So for. if I... They might be playing that right now. You never know. So let's say we're playing right now, and I said, Brock Purdy, what would the color be? Oh, red. No, it'd be brown, because he played like crap today. He's red because he's angry and frustrated okay. at himself. <laughs> okay. And they're wearing the red throwbacks tonight, Sterling. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't have, because you put a disgrace on those 1994 throwbacks. It's not a good thing. Yeah, when was the last time they lost in those jerseys? I don't know. It just... I feel like every time they brought them out, it feels like it's a Thursday night game in Seattle, first of all, and they win those games. So they they wore the white ones in Seattle, correct? And then they wore oh, this they, year. They wore the right. red ones against the Giants earlier this year. Week three, Thursday night football. I think I think they're undefeated in the throwbacks this year. They didn't wear them against the Browns. Didn't yeah. wear them against the Vikings. That's rough. Didn't wear them against the Bengals. They only wear them in the in the big moments. They wear from the primetime games. This was a big game. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Very big game, <laughs> and they oh, and they put together their worst performance of the season. All three phases. Don't you love it? Just come in here thinking, "Wow, Niners on Christmas! I can't wait. It's gonna be the best Christmas ever." And then you're like, "I wish they never play Christmas ever again." <laughs> the Warriors lost this morning, and the Niners lose tonight. The, the Bay is the Bay's hurting. I'm hurting. I had to work both those games and talk about both of them. Yeah, I mean, at least the Giants signs. Oh, wait, never mind. Hey, hey, you need to put some respect on Tom Murphy's name. Backup catcher. Who? Joey Bart's going to be gone, so that's always a good thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. This has gone off the rails. <laughs> it's overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy and Sterling Bennett with you. Uh, a lot to be upset about if you're a 49er fan, 33-19. to 19. But I'm wondering, those of you on the YouTube chat, you can hit us up on the Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570. Is there any part of you that thinks, as Lo Neal said, not just 
Brock Purdy related, but and I guess the two kind of go hand in hand. You kind of go as your quarterback goes. But specifically for the 49ers, is there a real possibility that we look back at this game and feel like this was kind of just the the kick in the backside that, that the team needed at this moment to kind of catapult them further even more? Is this a moment where you feel like, all right, it's a loss, it was embarrassing on national television. We played our, our worst game of the season, um, but it didn't cost us the division. We've already had that wrapped up. It, it still has a very decent possibility of not costing you the number one seed. You win your final two games and you get in. You could split your final two, and with some help, you could still be the one seed. Is there a possibility that this loss turns into something that you think back on and say, well, Maybe the team needed it. If they didn't lose that game in the way that they did, maybe the season would have ended in a more painful way. So when I was a child, I wasn't Whoa. well. Sorry, <laughs> I wasn't spanked very often. You know, I wasn't given the good old wooden spoon very often. But I felt like if I had to get it for the same issue more than once, I was considered a problem child or it was an issue I had to take care Uh-oh. of. So Niners are the problem child is well, what you're saying. That's what I'm getting at is that for San Francisco, you kind of went through a three-game stretch where you had some of the same issues over and over and over again, and they got spanked three times in a row, right? Or in in various ways, they got spanked, right? They got the wooden spoon against the Vikings, against the Browns, and then against the Bengals. Then... Okay, you know, they got their, their shirts all buttoned up. They got the come over all good to go. And, and they're all, oh, hi, Mom, hi, Dad. I'm such a great child. And then six games later, it's like, I want to act up again. And the teacher's yelling at me. And the boss is getting mad at me again. And all of a sudden, I have to get re-spanked for a lesson I didn't learn or, or, or I, I thought I learned six weeks ago. If it's the same issues over and over again, at that point, is it an Achilles heel? Is it just a you problem? I kind of think it is. Like, I think this is a San Francisco, I don't want to say identity defensively, but it's been four games this year. Dare I say it's been six games this year. It's hurt you even in some wins. Right. So, like, this is just simply who they are. Like, when you do a preview for a game and say, how can you beat your opponent? This is how. You don't tackle. Now, the Purdy turnovers are different, but you don't tackle. You can't stop a team on the ground, and you turn the ball over in the red zone. Like that's It's been five, four games now where it's crushed them in losses in six games where it hasn't killed them, but it's certainly hurt them. I think the other thing that maybe you could point to, to to being characteristic of the 49ers and not just a fluke, not just a, a flash in the pan here or there, is the 49ers' offense inability to... I don't want to say come back, but inability to be effective when trailing in second halves. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Because it's it's something that just seems so like intrinsic to the Kyle Shanahan plan and the philosophy. And it this conversation was obviously bigger during the three-game losing streak when the 49ers would fall behind. The reason they would fall behind is turnovers yeah. and missed tackles. You fall behind. You're down by 14 points midway through the third quarter. All right, you got to go out and score. 
what's the offense going to do? Well, the defense is a little bit more wary of the pass now because you're down by double digits in the second half. What makes the Shanahan offense so good and difficult and frustrating to defend? It's because they make passes look like runs and make runs look like passes. So when the defense is in a true 50-50 situation and they have to respect both and you have a quarterback that can take the top off the defense and you have weapons that can go over the top and defense defenses have to respect that, but you also have Christian McCaffrey in the run game running behind Trent Williams on the left and you pick up eight yards yards of carry on the ground and you've got Debo Samuel and end arounds and you can make everything look the same but no matter what they do they're going to be effective in that that's what makes the Niners offense so incredibly difficult to plan for but when you're down 14 in the second half and the defense can you know maybe drop back a few more guys yeah. they feel like the pass is coming maybe the Niners run still here and there a little bit you're not going to totally abandon it in that situation down 14 with more than a whole quarter to go but you're going to lean a little bit more heavy to the pass defenses know it's coming they're not biting they're not confused by you know that misdirection by by the scheme, by Shanahan's genius of making a run look like a pass and making a pass look like a run because they're just sitting home and waiting for the pass because they feel like that's what's going to have to happen for them to lose this game. Do the 49ers find themselves in a situation where they are really, really, really stinking good at football, the most talented team in the NFL, but if for whatever reason you make a mistake early, you miss a tackle, and it, it turns into a touchdown the other way, and suddenly your things go poorly to begin, and you're looking at a 13-3 to deficit. Is that just not game over, but is that like nightmare scenario for the 49ers? Because they haven't shown a propensity to be able to come from behind by a couple of scores in second halves of games. Is that is that something that scares the Niners moving forward? Maybe I'm just misremembering, but have they come back from behind in the fourth quarter at all this year? Not against Pittsburgh, not against the Giants, not against the Rams, not against the Cowboys. They were down late in the first half against the Rams. But, but halftime not, tied it up, right? Yes. It just feels like it's not that they can't. They have all the talent. Now, Purdy did put together a... a a would-be go-ahead uh, game-winning touchdown or field goal drive against the Browns, but the, the kick was missed. But yeah, I mean that's like a couple-point game. That's not not really what mm. I'm talking about. It's when the when you're down by 14 and you, you need two touchdowns in a quarter, can you get it done to at least tie it? Yeah, because it feels like bad teams are doing that. Now no, that, it's against that bad is teams, generally but... a difficult thing to do, and yeah. I'm not saying it should happen every single time. Right, but. I mean, how many times is there... I mean, Mahomes is a bad example this year because their offense is just so bad. But how many times would Mahomes find himself in that situation? Josh yeah. Allen find himself in that situation? Hell, even the Eagles this year. And the Eagles aren't a great football team. We right. can both agree. How many times do they come from behind late and, and win games when they're down by multiple scores See, throughout a game? Is, is that more of a... Not a player issue, not a Purdy issue, not a CMC or Debo issue. Is that a, if the game plan ain't working, Shanahan ain't deviating, and we're just going to lose this game? I honestly think it's more of a scheme and a game plan thing. And what makes the Niners scheme with Shanahan so good 
is when you're in that true 50-50 zone. Yeah. Defenses have to account for every blade of grass on the field. I mean, we saw it against Philadelphia. Shanahan's fist-pumping prior to the ball being called the touchdown to Brandon Ayuk in yeah. the end zone. Tonight, it felt like every cutaway was Shanahan cursing at the refs or yelling at a player. He's like at Purdy. Literally, like, he's covering up his, his, his face when he's talking to Purdy because I'm sure he's yelling at him, screaming at him, and giving him all the, you know, the, the words you can't see on, on, on radio, he's right? He's covering his mouth with his laminated play sheet. Yeah, which, just don't forget imagine, the laminate, mind you, but... Imagine what he's muttering under his breath. Like, it did, like San Francisco's issues, whether it was in 2019, 2021... Yes, those teams are much more limited than this team is offensively and even defensively to a certain degree. It does feel like they all go back to the head of the table, their tribal chief, which is Kyle Shanahan. That while Shanahan isn't, you know, he isn't the most stubborn guy in the book, but we've seen him try to outsmart somebody and just fall flat on his face. We've seen him stick to a game plan too long and like tonight. Why did CMC not touch the ball outside of the first play of the game that was considered a rushing play? It was a backwards pass. And then after that, didn't touch the ball until the second drive. Like, you're in in the red zone. Give it to CMC. I think they later changed that, and it became an official run or an official uh, pass. Okay. But... Like, you're in the red zone. You have a guy that can get you six yards of pop, and you're like, I'm going to throw it, which... Had Purdy made that pass in the last game, it's probably a touchdown. Now, to be fair, the passing game was working on that first drive. I mean, it, was. it was Kittle over the middle for like 40-something yards. It was, but sometimes it's like when it's working, that that's cool and all, but like, don't forget you have the best running back in the entire league by a wide, wide margin. Well, it's something else that Lo Neal said when he joined us 45 minutes ago, and if you missed any portion of that, Lo Neal, of course, who does the kickoff show with us here on 95-7 the game, he was at Levi Stadium tonight. Go back and find it if you're on YouTube. Seek back 45 minutes. It'll be there. It'll also be up on on, our, on the Odyssey app in just a little bit when we get done here in about 10 minutes. Um, but he said that he thinks now Kyle Shanahan's at a point where he's going to kind of ride Christian McCaffrey but why does until it take the wheels it, fall off. Like, why I does mean, it take this long? It's We're 15 games in. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time talking about this uh, this season, and maybe this was a game where you want him to, to go to his horses a little bit more than usual. The 49ers are playing to win a Super Bowl. They're planning on playing deep into February. Like, right, but if you get this game, you, gotta try you can to Try rest. to save some guys. I, I get that. And I, I understand that this is your toughest opponent remaining in your schedule. And the, by far the most physical. And if, but if you win this game, you're saying, oh, the Rams, who cares? Like, week 18 means nothing now. Then you get into a different conversation about is too much rest an issue, right? You have yeah. two weeks off, okay. And maybe that was a conversation Kyle Shanahan had with himself and maybe the coaching staff. <laughs> I like to think that wasn't one they had. But and even if they did have the conversation, there's zero chance they came away with the conclusion of, <laughs> all right, you know what? We want to avoid that situation. Let's lose to the right. Ravens on purpose. <laughs> but even like, <laughs> r- right. And like, but you dive into this game, like looking at the Ravens defense, everybody knows. You can run against them. This year alone, they rank 23rd against the run when having five cornerbacks, five defensive backs on the field. 
They usually play in the nickel. It's kind of their base defense. Run up the middle against them. And you're ranked 23rd. Now, the offensive line wasn't great tonight. I totally understand that. There were some injuries. Like, Burford is playing right tackle. He didn't start the game. Trent Williams gets hurt. Jalen Moore is out there. Then he gets hurt. The interior wasn't great. It happens, right? But you have to find a way to feed CMC. If... If Purdy ain't the MVP and Chris McCaffrey's in that conversation, you got to get him the ball some way. Like, Nickelback some way, somehow, my friend. Get Brock Purdy the ball. Or, excuse me, get CMC the ball. You think that changes the outcome of this game? Or at least... I can guarantee you they ain't got 19 points. They probably got 24. That's not, that's not a lot more, but it's something. Yeah. Like, And if it, I mean... That's a nine-point game with Sam Darnold on the field. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Is it weird that Darnold stayed in at the end? I think it was like, hey, Purdy, you good? Yeah, I mean, I'm okay. But like, okay, then just sit out. I'm done. You throw him four picks. Like, just, We'll get him next week. I don't think it was like a, you know, good old Sammy D out there hey, slinging that you thing. You better be careful, Brock. Look over your shoulder. You know who's coming. It's the Red Rifle Jr., brother. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, a few minutes left of overtime here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, let's wrap it up as we always do with uh, some game balls. Um, thinking about this one at the last break, Sterling, I have really no clue who I'm going to give game balls to. Santa Claus? The Grinch? Uh, maybe the Grinch. A little more fitting. Jim Carrey's Grinch or... Uh... What's the other guy's name? The the animated one. Oh, I forget. Benedict Cumberbatch is the Grinch. I'm out on that guy. Oh no, not that one. There's no. the older animated one, like, which is the best of all of them. Um, huh? There's an older no, animated. No, 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 I, I I got that, but the best one? Yes, definitely, better than better def- than. Definitely not Benedict Cumberbatch. You think it's better than Jim Carrey? I like Jim Carrey's Grinch, but the older yeah. animated one is the best. Come oh. on, it's a classic. Okay. We are on different wavelengths, my friend. I can quote that entire movie. Good for you. <laughs> are you one of my favorites is Santa Claus coming to town with the old like the uh the claymation. Love the claymation. Oh, those yeah. are great. I love those ones. Uh the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer old school they're stop so, motion animation. So mean to him. So mean to Rudolph. Yeah, but you know, he fights through it. Like, I mean, Brock Purdy's got to hey, fight through it Brock now Purdy for the 49ers. Brock Purdy had no red nose tonight, my friend. He did not. Uh, speaking <laughs> of Brock Purdy. Imagine if Sam Darnold's hair started glowing. <laughs> that would have been so cool. <laughs> He'll lead the 49ers through this dark night. Oh, man. Uh, who's your, who who are you giving a game ball to? Um, Only one person deserves it, and his name is Referee Number 5, who calls <laughs> a safety in the end zone on Lamar Jackson, gets the Niners a sack, and gives them two free points tonight. So... Ref number, whatever you are, you get my first game ball. Yeah, that's a good one. They put the Niners ahead 2-0. They added the field goal. They made it 5-0, but it was uh, all Baltimore from that point on. They win 33-19 to over the 49ers. I don't think I've done this all year, but oh. I'm going to give a game ball to the opposing team because wow. uh, they definitely deserve it. I'll go Kyle Hamilton, two interceptions yeah. in this game, three passes, defensed. Had five tackles. He had the first interception in the end zone. He had another interception. I think it was Purdy's third interception of the game where he rolled to the right, threw back across his body. It was intended for Kittle, tipped up in the air. Hamilton 
was in the right place at the right time after being blocked by McCaffrey in the backfield. He then got back up and ran all the way back to where the play was going and had an interception. He was everywhere. He did leave the game with a knee injury late. Certainly hope that he's all right. He's a a great young safety for the Baltimore Ravens. Kyle Hamilton certainly deserving of a game ball. He he, he gets one for me tonight. I'm not going to pick a Raven because I feel like you're going to again. <laughs> um, uh, how about Javon Hargrave? Uh, he didn't play last week, but it felt like on back-to-back plays, gets a sack, then the very next one gets a pass, defle- a, a, a pass deflection. It, it just felt like Javon had some fresh legs out there. Again, wasn't great all the way around. Three tackles. He had one sack, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hit, I believe. Uh, and just had a really... I think solid game on a defensive line that just really wasn't getting the job done for the betterment of this one. Uh, so Javon Hargrave gets my second game ball. I like that. I'm tempted to give the Ravens another one because there's a number of deserving players. Uh, Brandon Stevens uh, was really good as well uh, for the Ravens. I will, though, go back to the 49ers. Wow. I feel betrayed. But I might go off the board. I don't think you're expecting this here. Mitch Wisnowski. No. Jake, not, not, Jake Moody. No. Not a very good day for a Mitch Wisnowski. Had a good punt, but kind of out <laughs> kicked his coverage and then Dude, committed a late hit penalty a fake, as a result. Fake punt, and now he's tackling guys. He, <laughs> he thinks he's got something to him, man. Uh, I will go with rookie wide receiver Ronnie Bell, wow. who caught a touchdown. He didn't fumble a punt today. And that's that's part of the reason. <laughs> so last time out for him, he fumbled a punt. Um was that two games ago? Or was that in Arizona? No, is that well, he almost fumbled in Arizona. He did fumble against Seattle. That's right. So it's been consecutive kind of iffy games for Ronnie Bell. Yeah. He was back there returning punts once again today, did not come close to fumbling, and got a garbage time touchdown from Sam Darnold, just the one catch, a 12-yard touchdown. Um, but good to see Ronnie Bell bounce back a little bit after a couple of, of rough games where I'm sure he's had some stern talking to from Shanahan after those last two games where he nearly put the ball on the ground in consecutive games. Ronnie Bell. It's a, a game ball for bouncing back, not turning the ball over, and the extra pluses that he got into the end zone late. How about uh, my last game ball? My last Christmas game ball. No, there's no uh, icing on it. No, no candy canes are being handed out. How about Marlon Humphrey hmm. of the Baltimore Ravens? Because Brendan Ayuk, 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 Ayuk did nothing all day. Non-factor. All Until day. garbage time. Finished with six. Cares? Finished with six for one thirteen, and to, to let you listeners in behind the the curtain, Sterling was freaking out because he was playing <laughs> against Brandon Ayuk, and it, and it was looking perfect oh, through man. three and a half quarters, and then garbage time rolled around, and Ayuk looked like the second coming of Jerry Rice out there. I came into this game with a thirty point lead, and that thing dwindled to about <laughs> ten with. The Niners at the goal line, and I was like, if Ayuk gets a touchdown here, and they get the ball back. You're in serious danger. Uh, like Me and my fiance are not going to be in the fantasy football playoffs, but he had six catches, 113 yards, blah, blah, blah. He was a non-factor, like eliminated from the field. One catch like the first three quarters, I think. Just like for a guy who wants to get paid, you got to play in games like this, and you didn't show up. And Marlon Humphrey is the one that shut him down. So <sighs> Marlon Humphrey deserving of a game ball as well. Yes, That's a sir. good pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, not a ton to be happy about if you're a 49er fan. They fall on Christmas night 33-19 to to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Going to be a fun day tomorrow here on 95-7, the game. Uh, not all the, the normal hosts are back, but we will have shows. We'll be live and local all day long tomorrow on 95-7, the game. Who's hosting in the morning, Mark? 
our our newest host, FP Santangelo, and, and pulled off the bench wow. the 13th man, Matt Nahigian. You got to tune in for that, uh, <laughs> filling in for Bonte and Shasky tomorrow morning. It's going to be a ton of fun. We'll see if they can get on the air first. We'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see if they can have a Fingers show. Fingers crossed. But tune in. It's good. They're going to be fireworks, I'm sure, beginning at 6 in the morning tomorrow, reacting to a Niners loss, 33-19, to Ravens over the 49ers. Niners now tied with the Eagles atop the NFC, but they have the tie break. They still control their own destiny. You win your final two games, and you are the number one seed in the NFC. Everything still in front of the 49ers despite a tough loss tonight. All right, shout out to everyone for tuning in. Uh, all the texts on the Comcast Business text line, the YouTube chat, as always, was popping all night long here on 95.7 The Game. For my partner, Sterling Bennett, my name is Mark Randy signing off. Thanks so much for tuning in. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Hope you've had an awesome holiday weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is Mark Randy signing off. Thanks so much for listening. Right here on 95.7 The Game. Spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t